All right, whenever you're ready. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How are you doing, brother? Good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, I just had a, we had a trip down to Freedom Land and it was so amazing, dude. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of where you live. <laughs> you know, we went to, uh, they used to have Big R Supply or Tractor Supply, whatever it was. Big R, I think it was. And now they're called North 40. And looking at the garment section and I bet half of the clothes they sell like workwear they come with concealed carry, like, <laughs> features in them. <laughs> Dude, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's a, uh, and then, of course, one of the things we do when we're down there, we, we look at guns. And so as we had, we were having a really good long chat, end up chatting with a guy behind the counter. He worked for, I don't know what department, in Yellowstone stuff, but... Um, so he explained to me that Montana has constitutional carry and it's, so it's, it's basically whatever you want. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And I asked him, I said, so how many guys like realistically when, when the average man in Montana out in public, how many of them have a pistol on them? And he'd say at a very conservative estimate, 80%. He said around here, more likely 95 to 99% of people have guns. And I was like, really? He's like, oh, dude, everybody carries a gun. And he's like, I've got one on me right now. I'm like, oh, it's so cool, man. So cool. Oh, I'm jealous, Todd. Yeah, well. Your freedom that you guys have. Yeah. It's, it's all a veil. <laughs> uh, so how's your week been? You know, um, I have, there's some, there's some entities out there just testing my patience Mm -mm. to the maximum. Oh dear. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Who is it? Um, well, one of them is UPS. Oh yeah. They're disgusting right now. I mean, it goes beyond Anything that UPS or FedEx or any of them normally do, you know, yeah. like charge you an outrageous amount of money to ship something, and then you have no rights with them. You know, mm, yeah. there's no guarantee you're going to get it, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't even talk to a person. It goes beyond all of that. Mm. So, ah. Well, oh, that sucks, hey? Oh, and then the entire me. state of Tennessee is on my nerve. My last one about Your this tiny little snow, right? Tiny little snow. We got six inches at most. Well, see, that's a lot of snow. It isn't. I mean, <laughs> it isn't. I don't consider something that should 
close businesses or schools until you're in, you know, equal to or greater than 12 inches of snow. Yeah. And, and I say that because 30 years ago, I was in Great Falls, Montana, living there, working there, and you'd get three feet of snow, and your butt better be to work on time. Yeah, yeah. So with all of the um, so-called technological leaps in transportation, uh, in life, and everything else, you would think we would be 30 years ahead of being able to get your lazy, no good butt to No, no. We've gone backwards 350 years. Yeah, yeah. Because now we have people in Nashville crying, literally crying to city council. You didn't clear the little white thingy off my front porch and I couldn't go to work. <laughs> you <laughs> how you really feel, Todd. <laughs> oh, man. You're right. I need to clear the snow off of your forehead with a shotgun, and then life <laughs> for everyone else will be so much better. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I needed that. I needed to let that go. Good. You know what? Yeah. It's like therapeutic, hey? It is. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. When we went down to Montana, we were just talking of weather. So super cold here. I texted you when we got there. And we were, you were below zero, yeah. right? And we were like, well, we, in Great Falls, it was like two degrees Fahrenheit. And, and that's crazy, man, because that is cold. Like for me, I'm like, okay, this is some, like, I don't enjoy this level of cold. And then... By the time we left, it was 13 degrees Celsius on Sunday. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Let me just plug it into my Googleizer here. Uh, 13C. So 55 degrees. And we're talking with one of the, the ladies at the checkout counter at Shields. And uh, she said that they've had, in one week, they've had a 100 degree temperature difference. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, that's crazy, man. Yeah, we talked about that on our last episode. Yeah. Um, and when we were driving home, like, apparently the Chinook missed Calgary because when we left down there, like, there's all these, you know, all these nice warm days in the future, and then they just kept postponing and postponing and postponing, and then it's like, and we drive back, it's 13 degrees, we leave, and the, the little temperature on the van just starts plummeting, and it's like, blah, blah, blah. We get home, and it's like minus 17, and I'm like, dude. This is ridiculous. So annoying. But. So I also found out uh, you I can get a passport in Canada in less than 24 hours. That's kind of cool, hey? Yeah. Well, we can get them really fast here too, but you have to be able to prove you're traveling and in this emergency yeah. travel, like a funeral, whatever, you know, extradition, whatever, you know, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> That's what I had to. Because... Uh, my, the, the boys and I had our passports done the same day, and so they expired the same day. But for some reason, the boys, every one of their passports expires in 2025. And so we we're looking at the dates real quick when we booked the hotel, and it's like, oh, yeah, you're good. And then Steph was looking out on Tuesday. She's like, oh, your, your passport expired on Sunday. 
And then we're leaving Thursday. I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, well, I guess we're not going. And the weather was bad and the roads are bad. I'm like, whatever. And then Steph's like, well, we're not going to get our money back for a hotel. I'm like, oh, crap. And so anyways, I drove in to like 8 o'clock in the evening on Tuesday. Drove into Strathmore, got passport pictures done because the drugstore was still open. I called and stuff. And then Wednesday, I go there and I go downtown Calgary to the Harry Hayes building. And I'm standing there. And man, they when you apply for a rush passport, they grill you. Like they, <laughs> you, you have your, uh, who are those people that have to vouch for you, um, your references? Yeah. And uh, so normally you give two of them. They both have to have valid passports. And I've asked people that I've used in the past and they've never been contacted. And so I'm there and I finally get up. I wait for two and a half hours, like sitting in the room, downtown Calgary, jam-packed with every walk of life. Not my favorite thing on earth to do. And I get up there and she's like, okay, so just so you know, your references, they're going to be receiving a call in about five minutes. Uh, it'll be a, a blocked number or a private number. And I'm going to ask them a few questions. So just let them know. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. No, no, no. Call them right now. I'm like, oh, oh, right now. She's like, yeah, call your references right now. And this all happened last night. So I just picked a couple of names. I didn't let them know. I didn't ask their permission if I could use them as references. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can get a hold of them. They're both working right now. She's like, well, you're going to have to find somebody that we can talk to. And I was like, do you always call references? He goes, every time it's a rush like this. Yeah. And so anyways, I called uh, both of them. Uh, one's a guy that <clears throat> like our kids are really good friends. And he's known me since I've probably since I was like five, six years old. We grew up together and went to the same school together, same church. And now I was chatting with him last night. We we didn't talk to each other for like 10 years and then we're we're close again. And uh, so I called him. I was like, hey, Kevin, I was like, they're going to, you're going to get a call from a block number and it's a passport office. I used you as a reference. Is that right? He's like, oh yeah, that's fine. That's great. I said, okay. And then um, they started, I, I was talking to him last night, finding out what questions they ask. And they're like, you know, why is he going here? He's like, oh, I, I, you know, they had a trip to Montana planned and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, okay, well, this is one more question that you may not know, but I need to ask it. What color is eyes? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what color his eyes are. He's like, okay, just for your check. It's like, man. And and same with the other guys, a guy who worked with Tony. He was actually in, in Moscow, Idaho, working at an airport. And uh, Tony's an old Dutch guy. And he probably, I don't know, he's got to be 65 years old, crazy guy. And he's like, so why is he going down Montana? And he's like, I don't know, he wants a holiday. And he's like, yeah, but why, why is this passport? Like, I don't know, he's busy. And he's like, why is this a rush trip? He's got lots of kids, they're, they're busy. He just, and then it was funny, I was talking to him afterwards. He basically just said, I don't know. Like, it was so hilarious. But it turned out at three o'clock in the afternoon, I picked up my brand new passport and we were able to make the trip, but. Oh, I spent all day Wednesday last week downtown in a government building. Ugh. Not fun, man. Nope. You want to hear something funny? Talking about yeah. references. Okay. I've been. I went as a reference one time for somebody's uh, like a national security thing, right? And mm -hmm. they always call about this issue, right? So I knew I was going to get called and. Uh, they're like, hey, you know, we're I'm so and so from so and so, and I'm calling them out. Uh, so and so listed as Revens. Yeah, I know. What they told you? 
Yeah, you have to let somebody know you're going to be a uh, reference. Well, these are supposed to be cold calls. I didn't know you were going to call. Well, whatever. Anyway. And then I, he started asking me stuff, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of like that, right? You know, back when I knew him, I, or back when I knew him, he, he's like, you know, for a reference, you don't seem to know an awful lot about the stuff we need to know. I'm like, let me ask you a question. He's like, what? I said, if the roles were reversed, and I'm sure they were at one point, did you list somebody that knew all your skeletons in your closet, or did you list somebody that knows you but doesn't know anything about you? So, <laughs> shut up. Never mind. See? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you're smart enough <clears throat> to have, you know, put all those dots together, just move along. Mm-hmm. And I have That's actually funny. been a uh, someone's employment uh, reference, but they didn't put me down as it. It's, they call it a cold reference where you find out from another reference, mm-hmm. somebody else, right? Yeah. And they had worked for me. In fact, they were working for me, and they had put in their notice. Uh, and they didn't put me down because they're smarter than that. And Because uh, I was going to fire them, but they decided they wanted to quit. <laughs> and Because uh, I was firing for cause. <laughs> and uh, so I get a phone call. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is me. And they're like, hey, yeah, we're calling about this person. And I'm like, oh, great. More waste of my time in that person's name. And they're like, what? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to fire them. Then they put in their notice. So our legal department doesn't want to go through the rigmarole of having to fire them. Just let them leave quietly. I still want to fire them because that's what they deserve. And uh, they're like, well, what do you mean? And I told them everything, right? Mm-hmm. And everything I could legally tell them. They still hired them, right? Oh, wow. Then, six, eight months later, had the nerve. Out of frustration, to call me back and try to cuss me out. I'm like, I told you not to hire him. Yeah. I literally said, do not hire this person. I'm trying to fire That's him. Funny. So you got what you deserve. Click. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> That's hilarious. But everybody's afraid. You know. Yeah. But if I don't hire him, because I, I know they're getting fired, then they can sue me. If I fire him, they can sue. Everybody's afraid of that crap. I've been mm-hmm. sued four times over you, this thing, and you know what's ever happened to me? Nothing. So you've been sued, Todd? Four times. Wow. For firing people. Huh. Or That's crazy. going to fire somebody, or um, whatever, right? It's all employment-related, and I've been sued four times. All four times they've been thrown out because... I'm not, I don't do anything to anybody unless they deserve it. Good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to document it because it takes time out of my life. Yeah. So I want to make sure if I'm going to go, I don't know, buy you groceries, I want to make sure you're worth it. Yeah, if I'm yeah. going to fire you, I'm going to make sure you deserve to be fired. Yeah. I, it, it's, Ah. Huh, that's crazy. Almost anything I do now, I want to make sure it's an equitable use of my time, right? Because mm-hmm. I've, I've wasted enough time on enough uh, dummies, enough clown donkeys in my life. 
I'm done. Yeah. Except what there's one ex- exception to that rule. And hopefully we'll yeah. get to that in a little while on our oh, own I, show. Is it Roger? No. It might be oh, a yeah. Roger. <laughs> it's about a video you may or may not have posted. And those oh, okay. people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those specific yeah. people. That's cool. Yeah, let's we'll get to that. But can I? Uh, I got a I got a really cool story. I've been meaning oh, no, to tell please. you. So when we get to Montana this time, we wanted to try to eat out less, and um, and so I, I sent you a picture of that one meal we had. Oh, it was, God, uh, the, so oh, it's called the Roadhouse Diner. Oh, it looks so good. And, and this place is listed. It's uh, TripAdvisor's top ten hidden gems in America. And it's won the best burger in Montana, I think the last eight or nine years, 10 years in a row. And then also the chef won like guys grocery games. And so this place is a famous little joint in Great Falls, especially in Great Falls. There's like, you know, the bus stop bench signs all over with their name. And it was great. It was fantastic. Just what you'd expect, like a little kind of a podunk, like dive bar feel. Really nice and warm because when we got there, this was on Thursday. It was minus 23 out, and they had the heat cranked, and man, it was good. It was amazing. And then what we also tried to do was eat out like less breakfasts. And so we went to Sam's Club, and we picked up like croissants, uh, some fruit, and some things so we could just have like a breakfast at the hotel so we didn't have to pay for it. And we're checking out, and uh, we're paying. This guy was new. He's kind of in training there. And, uh, and he's like, Hey, I like your ring. Can I have a look at it? And I said, yeah. And then, cause I was just like wondering, maybe he didn't know what it was or whatever. And he sees it. And as soon as he sees it, he gives me the handshake and he's like, welcome brother. Where are you from? And I told him. And, and so he was actually, his lodge was great falls. And, uh, and he's like, Oh yeah. And so we started talking and talking and talking and about, about lodge stuff. And then their lodge, they do these fun shoots. And so they'll go out and they have different themes. Um, sometimes they'll have like a Western shoot. And so they'll go out <clears throat> to one of their property. Like a couple of the guys have ranches or farms or whatever. And it'll be all like Western themed guns. And then they'll have a different shoot. And and uh, so he said one of the shoots we do is like a like just a tactical shoot. And he says the coolest, weirdest like tactical guns. He's like, what? Next time we're running in town, like uh, how are you, how long are you visiting for? And I was like, oh, we're just here for the weekend. He's like, well, come down. He says every Saturday the lodge is open for coffee. He's like, come down and we do these shoots all the time. I'd love to bring you out and you guys can shoot and and then of course my boys are just like just crazy. Let's go. Oh yeah, we'll have a great time. And uh, so Saturday we go by the lodge and he told me he wasn't going to be. He's like, I won't be there. I'm working this Saturday. But um, anyway, so we drove by the lodge. Uh, the Masonic temple there in Great Falls and the Shriners were doing a fundraiser. And so I didn't want to bother them. And, but he's like, Oh, every Saturday morning they do coffee. And he told me the name of a guy and I totally forget who it is, who the the master of the lodge is. But he's like, just just give him thy name. Tell him you met me. And, but it was so cool. My kids thought it was the coolest thing ever because it's the first time that I've ever, that anyone's ever noticed my ring. And it's like, boom. And then the handshake. And man, we probably chatted there. It wasn't very busy. So it's not like we were holding up like other customers, but we probably talked for about 10 minutes. And uh, it was cool, man. 
I've never, uh, have you ever had someone notice your, like another brother notice your ring and, and introduce himself that way to you? Not in public. Yeah. That's the first time it's ever happened. It was cool. It was really cool. Like, hey, this is great. This is better than being recognized, you know, for YouTube videos or something like that. But my boys thought it was cool. So I said, you know what? I said, there's the advantage right there. I said, you know, come down to Great Falls. And I've got friends here. Never met them before, but we got the ring. We're Masons. We're friends. Fantastic. But that was cool. And I would have gone in for the coffee. I thought it'd be cool to, to visit for coffee. He told me when their regular meetings were. But because he wasn't there and I I just felt weird, like not knowing a soul and just walking in there. And then there was the, I didn't know, <clears throat> like the fundraiser going on. I didn't know if people were busy with that. I didn't want to just show up and be like, hey, you know, take a minute and stop what you're doing, please. But maybe next time I'll head down there. Maybe next time I go to Great Falls, you and I will both be there together. We can both go. Oh, Absolutely. That'd be great. Yeah, their last newsletter was 2010. I think they need to get back on this. Who that? Uh, <laughs> Euclid Lodge, Lodge 58. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's cool. And it's funny because my my boys are try- <laughs> they're trying to figure out what the handshake is. <clears throat> I was like, do you guys actually have secret handshakes? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we do. And he's like... I was like, honestly, you could see it happen in front of you and you would never know. And they're like, really? And then they're like, did he give you the handshake? I'm like, yeah. What was it? And they're trying to explain the differences and they've, they've missed it. But, and then I'm also like, I, I think if that happens again in public, I'm going to cover my hand with my other hand when we do the handshake. Just because my boys, like, man, every time I shake someone's hand, my boys like just laser focus on my hands to see. To see if I'm giving them a Masonic handshake or not, but yes, but yeah. I have, I have something I've all, I've been meaning to ask you about that, but for later after the show. But, okay, um, because it's I never, and I consider myself to be, you know, kind of a smart guy, you know, I'm pretty observant. I've never put two and two together. Before I became a Mason, about mm. this thing that I'm, I'm like, wow, I'll be darned. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hiding it, almost hiding in plain sight. Oh, no, well, <clears throat> it is, but you, I think you'll get what I mean. Okay. Um, but yes, um, right after our last show in, uh, we talked about going and, you know, you guys were going to take vacation, go to Great Falls. That afternoon, uh, after Danette came downstairs off of work, and uh, I'm like, hey, yeah, we, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know, we could go up there. She's like, oh, you should go. Well, you know, I'd really like you to go too. And um, but anyway, it, it will happen, and what we're going to do as soon as, you know, Benny is uh, no longer with us. Not that I'm in a rush, but I'm in a rush. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a rush to go to Montana, but I don't want to not have him anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just take a long vacation, and uh, we'll take the two days to drive up there, or maybe more. Um, mm-hmm. 
have a time to be up there, you know, two, three, four weeks, and then drive back. Oh, wow. So you're going to make a long time out of it. I don't know. I mean, that's what she was talking about. It's good to plan, but not, not you know, be there a week or two at the most. Yeah. I meant to, show, probably got... I meant to show, send you my the address where we live that there in the apartment. Oh, it's still there. Cool. Um, but And you could actually walk up to my window because it's the, the half-basement window apartment in the hmm. front. Um, so if you walk up to the window that's at your feet, you know, that's you know, chest high in the apartment. You like knock on the mm. window. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I know who used creepy. to live here. <laughs> when they open the, oh, I forgot. They open the forgot. curtains and they're like, yeah, great. I'm calling 911. <laughs> no, they just shoot me because they're all carrying. <laughs> well, you know, I, I kind of doubt 99% of people in Great Falls carry. Yeah. Because it is much more liberal than it used to be. I'm not saying it's majority, but it much more than it used to be. Right. Hmm. Um, that's really, that's interesting. Well, one of the guys that I worked with in the air force up there, he changed jobs when we moved, when the air force moved all the, the flying unit from great falls down to Tampa, uh, which is about the biggest, um, climactic change you could put somebody through just about, you know? Yeah. No kidding. Hey, we're going to move you in January <laughs> from Great Falls to... <laughs> but although it's better than moving the other way around in January. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Anyway, we actually moved in July. So that was worse. So um, anyway, he stayed up there. And then he retired. And then he became a, a border patrol guy. Um, and no, you wouldn't have seen him at the border, even though that's the one he works at, uh, cause he was in the hospital, uh, for another kidney stone issue. Mm. But anyway, I think he spent most of 2023 in and out of the hospital with like one kidney stone problem. They just cannot uh, fix it. That sucks. And, and that's right after he got over a heart, open heart surgery. Oh, wow. Anyway, he stayed up there and he's like. Um, he's been my barometer for the socioeconomic climate of, uh, middle Montana. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's just not it, horrible. Cause back when I lived there, um, Ricky Schroeder caused a big uproar by buying that, uh, BLM property up there and then closing it off. Hmm. Uh, you're not allowed to, but the fine that you have to pay is like me paying a nickel, right? So he never cared. And a mm. bunch of Hollywood liberals moved up there. And uh, The funniest thing was Tom Cruise was going to move, buy some land up there, and they stopped him. Why? Because uh, he's a liberal and he's Tom Cruise and he's Scientology. Um, yeah, yeah. So what they? What was that? That was me whistling. Oh, uh, cuckoo! For oh, Scientology. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
a group of like ranchers or somebody, a group of somebody got together, pulled their money and bought the land. Now, uh, the story goes, you know, they went to the seller and <clears throat> you're selling us this land now hmm. or your heirs will sell it to us. Wink, wink, that's nudge, crazy. nudge. Uh, that's the story. I don't know if it's true. But, yeah. Um, the, the guy that we used to work with, uh, he used to let us shoot on his property, uh, and we would, uh, brand cattle for him in the spring. He was one of the guys that, uh, pulled their money. Oh, wow. He's the one I heard the story from. That's cool. I kind of believe it because that dude didn't talk ever Hmm. unless he had something to say. Yeah. He'd just grunt and shake his head, you know. Yeah, and yeah. you had better know what he meant. Hmm. You know, he's just one of those guys. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and those yeah. are the guys, the guys that don't talk much. When they do talk, that's when you listen. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I, I'm kind of normally like that, believe it or not, even though I run my mouth like a motorboat on this show. But <laughs> No, you don't. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the uh, It's the coffee. It's the coffee. That's right. And just abject loneliness because I live out in the middle of nowhere and don't have friends. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we get along, Todd. (laughs) We both live in the middle of nowhere and don't have friends. (laughs) But anyway. um, So, but in the middle 2000s, I guess some of them left uh, to go other places just because economy. And now... It might be swinging back the other way where some liberals are moving back in. Hmm. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't live up there. You know, it's funny is that you say it's more liberal than it used to be. It is a stark contrast. As soon as we cross the border, how much more conservative it is than, <laughs> than Canada. Like, I, I, I get it. But I think yeah. in some parts of Canada... Um, Tiananmen Square might be more conservative, you know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. By and large, like, like I'll I'll just tell you the the blanket statement is that Canadian men are a bunch of pansies, like flat out. And it used Everybody, to not be that way, you know. I mean, there's always know. been I, jokes about the lumberjack, <clears throat> but they're just jokes. Um, yeah. And I think for the most part, if you take Calgary out of the picture. Uh, Alberta holds true to the old, you know, the old adage, you know, about, you know, Canadian or manly men that are from the outdoors. Maybe, I don't know. This is just an outsider's point of view, but I'm also comparing that against um, Toronto and. Oh yeah. Those. And and the, you know, snail eating. Surrender monkeys of the middle. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's weird, man. I, I always notice this contrast. Like when I would ever go up to Alaska and Alaska people are rugged, you know, like just well, like pe- those that are the- you know, sucking on a glass pipe. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Then no, it's true. But like. <laughs> Half the pe- half the airplane, the the boards, they're wearing Carhartts on the plane. Oh yeah, and 
and it's kind of like they're rugged people. They do real stuff. And I find the same thing with Montana. You know, like these guys have these pickup trucks and they're big pickup trucks. But they've got like rolls of bale or, or fence wire in the back. And there's some poles or there's an animal hanging out of the back. And here people drive trucks as much as down there. Like there's a lot of trucks here. But they all have tonneau covers and they're all pristine. Maybe the most work their pickups ever do is is carry their hockey bag to and from a rink or their kid's hockey bag more likely but um I don't know people are more way more I I understand what you're saying because there is a little bit of there are you can you know in certain stores you go there and (laughs) there's like girls with bright purple hair and it's like okay cool (laughs) you know you're a blue haired person that's nice and you can just okay identify I, I see exactly how you identify in the world and you're very liberal minded and that's fine you have a right to be but by and large people are way more conservative down there than up in Canada and it's just it's just weird it's like it is it is um you know traveling across the U.S. there's it's a vast country with so much diversity even within like American culture like I'm not talking about new people migrating but you, know, you go from Montana down to Louisiana, and <laughs> that's culture shock. You know, it's a completely different culture. And you go from Louisiana to Texas, and they're completely different. Texas, California, like, and man, when you'd cross the border at Sweetgrass, and it's like, boom, it was that culture shock. It's like, this is a different place, you know? It was just interesting. I enjoy it. I love it down there, man. Oh, no, uh, I'm, I'm, there's... Not a day that goes by when you think about it that I don't miss it, you know. It's like there's yeah. a, not a day that goes by I think about it and don't miss working on airplanes. You know, do I yeah. think about it every single day? No, but, you know. Yeah. When I do think about I wanna, it, I'm still, I still miss it and it's still as nostalgic for it as I used to be. Now, even though some of the worst <clears throat> literal jobs I've ever done uh, in a career we're on an airplane, you know, hmm. um, you're in tight spaces doing, you're freezing your butt off or sweating, um, <laughs> or whatever, right? Just yeah. swimming in hydraulic fluid or fuel or both. Um, just horrible. Uh, just you go home from work. I mean, actually you get off shift and you have to go to the, uh, parking lot side of the building where the fire suppression outlet is for it's like a fire hydrant but on the side of a building yeah and just open it and stand there and just wash all the wow. fuel and hydraulic fluid off because you're you're turning oh. red and you got a rash and I oh, miss man. that I don't know it, <laughs> because it's part of a greater whole of just the best job ever to me yeah you know yeah hindsight's like that too and somebody asked me one time man you're always talking uh like it's the second coming uh when you're working on airplanes in the air force yeah but not every i've worked on more than one kind of airplane but it's just that particular airplane that i'm talking about yeah i've worked on some fighters and they suck um Mm. they just suck uh, it's like working on a Ford. Why am I working on something that was built to break? No, this sucks. Mm. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to, you know, work on something that was built to last. And, you know, how many other things are still going strong in 2023 that was built and designed in the 40s, built in the 50s and 60s, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and only the avionics and the actual uh, the engines and some of the hydraulic system have been updated, you know, hmm. as far as airframe and all that, still the same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and most of the problems they're having now are because the avionics have been overly updated. Mm. You know, they should have stopped with some of the avionics updates in the mid 2000s. Anyway, um, huh. it helps the pilots. But I think <clears throat> mechanics are worse off for technology, just like pilots today are worse off for technology because um, a lot of the technology does a lot of the flight thinking that pilots used to have to do, and they don't mm-hmm. have, they have to learn it. But 10 years later, you, you haven't done it in 10 years, and you forget. And now what happens in an emergency? Well, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm getting way off into the never, never land, but no, I get, no, you know, that I, same I thing's going to happen. And, uh, it, it just awesome. Yeah. 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 It's funny. You always look back on things and it's like, oh man, that was the best time ever. And then when you kind of take a minute and like, I do this all the time, like every job I've had was my favorite job. I'm like, oh, I love that. And then when I think about it, I was like, you know, that was a really miserable shop, <laughs> you know. Just interesting how the, you know, like I've the said mind before, works. The the best job I've ever had working on planes in Montana and other parts of the world, but in Montana. And Montana was part of that, so I'll always love Montana. But separately, Great Falls is so awesome. <clears throat> All right. But that was the lowest paying job I've ever had. I was the poorest I've ever been since I left home. Um, Mm. It was literally impossible to be as poor as I was when I left home, literally, because you can't get more poor than having nothing. Yeah. So, (laughs) and the worst job I've ever had in my life, I would rather have almost would rather commit suicide than go back to that job. Mm. It's what made me well off. Hmm. And it's yeah. those things. Be careful what you wish for, you know. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's you know. Now, it if I had it to do all over again, if somebody said, "Man, we can make you thirty years old again," but you have to go back to being a, you know, just getting by aircraft mechanic, I'd be like, "Let's do it." Hmm. It's funny because, you know, I'm assuming I could go back with my smarts mm-hmm. and there are ways of making good money as an airplane mechanic. I mean, yeah. good money. Hmm. Um, you know, one of, there's a, uh, I'm going to stretch it and call him a guy. <laughs> I know a guy <laughs> that, I used to know in the Air Force. Um, he was a piece of crap then. Don't know what he is now. I don't. Um, everybody has a right to change. And I know people that were 
did not do well in the military environment that are just incredibly successful, good people now. You know, it's mm. not for everybody. Yeah. Um, but he works as a flying mechanic, and he also does some loadmaster stuff when they're flying. But on uh, the planes that do uh, uh, organ donor flights. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does that. Oh, wow. And when he's not doing that, he works for uh, Doctors Without Borders. Okay. Yep. And he's just, he's like, they can't mail me enough money fast mm. enough, it seems like. And you're like, well, whatever. That's crazy. They want to pay me. Yeah. Huh. And he's one of two people from my past that have recently reached out to me on social media, due in part to this show, uh, one of them. Uh, doing part hmm. of this show. And the one guy, he, he had to reach out and like, man, I heard your podcast. Hope it gets better. And I'm like, yeah, I hope <laughs> it's uh, like the last time I saw you. Hope you die. Yeah, that's um, funny. <laughs> and if there ever was a real-life model for a particular person, Ed would be him. But uh, hmm. anyway, and then the other guy, the guy that works on planes, he reached out to me because uh, he was just, you know, surfing social media and ran across something that reminded him of something. Anyway, he finally got to me uh, and some other people uh, he reached out to. And I'm like, he's like, oh, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I, you. And that, and he started telling me about him, how he's doing now. And what I respect about the guy now is he said, Oh yeah, I was a complete poopy head back then. Uh, hmm. I was a womanizer, an alcoholic. You know, I was uh, trying to sleep with my buddies' wives, and this, I was doing this, I was doing that. And um, he says, "I have reasons I was like that, but I have no excuses." Hmm. Uh, you know, if and he said, "Todd, for anything I've, I ever did back then to you, uh, sorry." I'm like, dude, I. Forgot about it back then. I don't care. If you're a better person now, that's all that counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? that's cool. And uh, <clears throat> anyway. That's cool to see that, you know, meet people later on, find out they've gotten better. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have. You mm-hmm. know? Was I a criminal back then? No, but I'm, well, I'm better today than I was yesterday. Yeah. Um part of my uh, mission in life right now and till I die to always strive to be better mm-hmm. you know, it goes with the territory yeah I wish that all uh, my brothers did that but yeah yeah it is what it is yep I'm not here to judge you nope. not my job that's right That's right. But no, I, uh, oh God, man, this has been a shiny squirrel day, hasn't it? What's that? Having a subject and then, oh, look, squirrel. Yeah. And then yeah. you run off the, man, I, I'm horrible at that. I'm That's sorry. good. Hey, uh, we can do a complete, uh, change here. 
So, um, um, go ahead. We're doing a, we're re- like doing a full renovation on the the basement suite here, the kitchen area, and so like Steph's painted all the cabinet, not the full renovation, but like a budget friendly renovation, and then we picked up some new countertops from IKEA that I need to install, and then doing tile, doing some new tile in the backsplash. So, yes, got to do tile again, but I picked up a tool yesterday that i've wanted for a long time all right milwaukee and cordless what <laughs> okay you got the first two parts right <laughs> and the second part is a it's a two-letter word or two word thing something i've wanted for a very long time and never talked a lot about it but i got a track saw oh. and i'm like yeah like I, I don't know. Like I bought so right now my little table saw is a, a Dewalt. And lo and behold, I own a Dewalt. I own two Dewalt things, and uh, it's a job site saw, and it's fine. It's great, and I have it built into a table and yada, nice, whatever. But when you've got like a four by eight piece of sheet good, I mean, I've never worked in a cabinet like a proper cabinet maker shop with a big cabinet saw, but. Even with mine, with a big, like I've got full eight feet of outfeed and this and that. When I'm breaking apart a full sheet, it's hard by myself. And and also, I love the idea of how accurate track saws are. They seem to be very clean and accurate. And so, um, there's one of the shops around me was having a sale. And uh, I ended up buying just a tool only because the other one, it comes with a big pack out case and a battery. And I've got so many batteries, it's ridiculous. And so I was like, I don't need all that other crap. It's like 300 extra bucks and like whatever. So I picked it up and I I, I did a couple test cuts and I kind of like it. They are cool. Have you ever used a track saw? Yeah. They're they're slick as a whistle. Hey? Oh, yeah. Um, The one I used was a Festool and... Ooh, yeah. You know, the, the Cadillac Mercedes of, of them all. And, yeah. But, you know. Uh, you know what's crazy is the Milwaukee's within a hundred dollar price tag of the Fest tool. Oh, yeah. They like they're priced high, but no, like they're slick, hey. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, if you have a a reason to do sheet goods and not all the time, and you don't have room or the inclination to have a cabinet saw or a panel saw, it's the way to go. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And even then, you know. Um, you know, if I got, if I had to, well, when I start doing the interior of my shop, my plan is to get one because it's, you know, you don't have to move around hundred mm-hmm. plus pound sheets, of three quarter inch plywood, mm-hmm. you know, for any reason you just. You know, put a little sticker. Yeah, you, know, you you got a pallet of sheet of plywood there. You lift it up a little bit and put two sticker, three stickers under there, and zip, 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 bada bing, bada boom. Yep. And I've like I've got so many projects that I want to do, and I was thinking about yesterday. It's like honestly, like of all the things I have to do, I I want to do like a month or two of just woodworking projects, and I'm not going to, but I'm like, man. 
Oh, I got to set up my, my miter station. I'm going to build a full on. I finally figured out yesterday. I was kind of like pacing the shop and measuring things out. And I'm going to put a nice miter bench in, um, with like a hood over the saw. So my dust collector can do a, a good job. And then I'm going to put, have you ever done French cleats before French cleat walls? Oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm never, I've, even like a couple years ago, I'd see guys doing it. I'm like, well, that's dumb. And now I'm looking and I've got this huge wall in the shop and I'm like, I just, I have all my tools underneath this big workbench and I've got to bend down and where's this, where's that? And I was like, I've got this empty wall. I'm going to put two pieces of plywood up and it's just going to be like 16 feet long, four foot high French cleat wall. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. And I've got all these woodworking projects and like little places in my, uh, in the shop that I want to put a little bench, like a little shelf here. Cause I always come in and. You know, when I'm locking up, I put my coffee and my gloves there. I'm like, I should make a wooden table right here built into the wall, like a built-in shelf that I can just set things down. And it's, oh man, I'm stoked. I just want to be a a woodworker. (laughs) That's all I want to do right now. I've got all these woodworking projects. And even in the house, it's like, oh, we want to do a nice accent wall when you come in. It'd be nice to put wainscoting up. And I want to do a built-in for our TV in the basement and like have built-in like shelves and Oh, I'm just, I feel like gung-ho with woodworking right now. It's weird. (laughs) All because I bought one little track saw. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm stoked about it. And the the cool, I never knew this about them until I was doing a bunch of research. Um, Like they have, like there's a little strip that, you know, is like a little piece of plastic that comes out from the edge of the saw. And when they're brand new, you got to cut that in. And so essentially, the very edge of this black is the very edge. It, it's created, that actual physical line is created by the kerf, by yeah. the one side of your blade. And so it's like you measure it and you just put that little piece of black plastic exactly where your marks are. And that's exactly where the blade's going to cut. And I'm like, man, that is slick as a whistle, you know? Oh, yeah. oh, I, I didn't even know that about track saws like two days ago. But yeah, stoked. I went to this place called KMS Tools, and I thought Home Depot had a lot of Milwaukee. Dude, man, this place is phenomenal. Like, they've got uh, several different versions of, like, the pack-out factory-made first aid kits. I'm like, okay, now that's next level. (laughs) When you find that type of Milwaukee accessories, oh, they sell, like, the pack-outs with the foam. I almost bought one, but they're 98 bucks. I'm like, that's a lot of money for a case that I don't actually have a need for. I'll, I'll get one next time I'm there. <laughs> Along with the first aid kit. <laughs> oh, it's a problem, dude. It's a problem. It's a good problem. It's a good problem. That's one thing we meant to do when we're in Great Falls is I want to go to the home. Because I always look up Milwaukee searching for products. And there's a lot of the tools that they just don't sell in Canada. Like tons. Like when you guys got the band file, the Milwaukee band file, we didn't get that for like another six months. And so I was like, oh, one thing I want to do in Great Falls is go to Home Depot and see what the Milwaukee is all about and just never got around to it. It's kind of a fail, although it probably saved me a lot of money. You know? <laughs> but. Yeah, and it was a fun little trip. Hey, so, and the weird uh, thing. Somebody using a. Milwaukee pack out uh, first aid kit 
Uh, not long ago. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Somebody at our lodge had one in their truck, and uh, one of our more elderly brothers was walking through, and there's a piece of plastic that was broken on the edge of one of the tables, and it mm. sliced open his hand. Hmm. Yeah, no, that packout system is pretty good. And I, I, I was looking at them yesterday, and they've got a couple, like a class two, class three, and I, I'm sure they're pretty decent um, first aid kits, but I just love the idea of those, that whole type of container. I know they're not the only ones. DeWalt does them, and it's just to have something with so many different options that just clicks together. And it unclicks easy. You know, it's not, there's no like fasteners. There's no clamping things down. It's just click, click. I like it. Slick little system. Yeah. <clears throat> it's expensive though. They have ones, uh, I've never actually seen them in person in my life until yesterday. They've got like a five drawer pack out. And so the drawers are about maybe two inches deep each maybe a little more but I'm like because I've always wanted to pack out for my bicycle stuff <laughs> well I want pack out for everything but I'm always thinking of like dedicated workstations I'm like I could make a really great little bicycle mechanic station with this pack out and you got five drawers that would hold all the smattering of parts that you need you know little tiny screws and all these things and oh man you know it It'd be cool if you could enter like a charity raffle and it's like, here's a $10,000 pack out gift certificate. <laughs> I'd be in on that. I'm like, yes, please find oh, me buy up. Two of them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 two packouts. <laughs> yeah, it is outrageous. How's it? Have you, how's the DeWalt stuff? I've never looked at it. Like from Home Depot, the retail price. Is it similar? Do you know? I haven't. Um, I have a lot. I mean, I have some. DeWalt stuff, but I've not bought any at Home Depot because we don't have a Home Depot near here. Mm. Um, you get at auctions and stuff. Yeah, well, and I bought some directly from DeWalt. Oh, okay. Um, I bought some. At, uh, oh, and the one I got from the auction uh, most recently, 100% unused. Just brand new. That's crazy. In the box at an auction. Stupid. And, yeah, that's nuts. And I, you know, whatever. I'm not complaining. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, they got Home Depot in Knoxville, and then the closest one on the other direction is Lebanon, but... um. So how far of a drive is it to your, uh, your depot? Hour and a half, two hours. Oh wow, that is that is a ways away. You guys have other hardware stores, obviously. We have a like, Lowe's uh, and Crossville and one in Cookville. So, but you know, I'm the experience I had when I first got when we first moved here and bought this house. Experience I had with Lowe's then has really left a bad taste in my mouth that I I'm still not over. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like Lowe's. I did till got, then. You know. Hmm. So we have Lowe's here, and then we also have Rona, which is owned by Lowe's. 
And I just, I don't know what it is. I just don't love it every time I go. They always have what I need. Like they, if it's material, not for tools. I never ever buy tools unless it's something that I like. I have to get right now, like a a diamond bit for cutting tiles for doing a shower or something. But I don't know. I just don't dig it. Don't know what it is. But no, I've been to a. And another thing about that I don't like about Home Depot is their stores are not consistent. And what I mean by that is this. I haven't lived in a place where my local Home Depot is one of those really nice, well-stocked, clean Home Depots. Mm. Uh, Like the Home Depot in Maryland was just one of those trashy, filthy ones. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And, but when my brother still lived in Florida and we visited him down there, his Home Depot was like, I don't know, like Home Depot Mecca. Hmm. Ultra clean, had everything. The people in it were not only nice and helpful, but they were glad to help you. Hmm. It's almost like they got paid to do that. (laughs) Weird. It is. (laughs) They should try paying people to help out customers in some stores. Like the Lowe's here in Crossville. Um, They'll, you know, some guy will be leaning up uh, a Lowe's employee will be leaning up against one of the items on the shelf, scrolling on his phone. You're like, Hey, excuse me. He's like, what? And never look up. Wow. And dare you to say something again. Yeah. I have seen, and this is no lie, no stretch, no dramatization, more than one occasion, more than two, more than three occasions I have seen Lowe's employees in an aisle sleeping. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. One was laying on top of melamine, a sheet of melamine asleep. One was, I don't know how you sit on a ladder, but he was. Um, but, you know, like you stick your butt on the rung and you got your arm stuck through it too so you don't fall. Snoozing. That's a that's hilarious. And then the third one was actually uh, f- leaning forward on the top of a uh, washing machine on an end cap. So he's like in the middle of the lane. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, they could all get jobs at airlines. God, yes. That's crazy. I couldn't ever imagine like like sleeping on the job. You know, when we worked in baggage halls where, you know, where the, all the baggage comes down, they throw them under the tugs to take them out to the airplanes. You know, there's so many weird nooks and crannies in those buildings. And it was, we always had fun when we were installing conveyors to try to find the most creative sleeping spots. And I wish I had, had documented them because that would be actually interesting to share with people. But it's amazing. And they're all, they, they'll take like a spare seat out of an airplane. And then there's three or four of them. And all of a sudden that makes a bed. And then they've got like the pillows that were from the airplane and the blankets from the airplane. And there's like full on bunk houses underneath, like the in the bowels of an airport where employees go to sleep. And I'm, wow. Like I, I maybe that, like at, a, at an airport, you know, you're in between flights, you're in the night shift and okay, there's a one flight leaving in, in two hours from now. Okay, what are you gonna do? That's a boring job for sure, but... <laughs> to work at a Lowe's and be like, 
Hey, check out that melamine. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I don't get the 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 human mind that would justify that. It, it behooves me to understand. That's crazy. Well, I do know somebody who has more than one job. And she got her second job just so she could get paid to sleep at work. Oh, wow. Because her first job is so, I mean, it's exhausting. And she's yeah. not lazy at her first job. but And this is the way she looks at it. Because I asked her about this. I mean, she's kind of like me in this regard. She's one of my wife's friends. But she's like me in this regard. If you ask her a question, she'll tell you the truth. And she doesn't mind you asking, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how? You know, I know you, kind of. And you're not the kind of person that would sleep at work. So why did you get a job specifically to sleep at work, right? Yeah. Like, if they're going to pay me and I'm sleeping at work and they're not going to do nothing about it, that's on them. That's crazy. I'm like, you know, in a weird, twisted, alternate reality, you have a point. Hmm. You know? I'm like, do they know you sleep? Yes, they know. Wow. I ain't hiding it. That's crazy. Okay. That's crazy. And she does not get paid an inconsiderable amount of money. Hmm. And and to horrify people even more, it's a security position. Huh. <laughs> wow. But it's, uh, she's like on the inside doing security. Watching camera. Oh, okay, yeah. And so there's outside live people that they would have to get in anyway. So the company doesn't really care. Hmm. And I'm like, well, that's on the company. Yep. And I don't know this, but I can, I know a little bit about security. Um, and I guess from the, if the contract calls for inside security, but it's going to do absolutely no good whatsoever, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So you got anything planned for this weekend? Yes, I was going to look up some, do some research on not your traditional ways or recipes or whatever for brisket mm. and That'd just cool. see what's out there in the world. Yeah. I know, you know, here in North America, we call it brisket and we most often think of it as barbecue, right? Yeah. Or smoked or whatever. But the same piece of meat is elsewhere in the world. You know, what do they do with it? Mm -hmm. Tom doesn't say there's something interesting out there. Yeah. Well, corned beef is brisket, oh, yeah, right? yeah, I know. Um, and that's probably, that's also a popular thing here. Yeah. Steph did a corned beef. I love uh, corned beef. Yeah. God, I love Sous vide. Oh. But um, just to go back to the, this mindset of people that sleep at work. You know what they do when they're not asleep at work? What? They go on YouTube 
and they continually comment and show their ignorance on a particular kind of video about how, you know, uh, fixed pivot knife sharpeners change the, the angle of the grind. And no, it really doesn't. Yeah. Oh, and and I can't believe that's still a thing. Uh, Yeah. Like the reason I made that video was literally, I wanted it short and concise and anytime I've ever used that other analogy, it's always like in a review video. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I want to have that. And I'm going to take that link and I'm going to put it in my notes so that it's always there. I don't even have to be like, find it again. And when I get, I get the comment one to five times a week on average. And some people get so into it, man. They're like arguing. And even on that video, I had one guy said, well, yeah, but eventually you're going to make a circle because you're grinding around a pivot point. And I was like, yeah, actually, you know what? My comment to this person, I said, you're right. If I went to the extreme end of my knife and ground only there for a good while and then started blending that in with the area directly in front of the pivot point, yes, I could actually create a circle out of that blade. You're right. Just like if I were to take a knife on a whetstone and grind only the tip, and just spend hours on the tip and then hours on the heel. Like, yeah, you you can remove material. But if I'm using it in one stroke, one stroke, I'm removing the exact same amount of material on this end as that end. And I stop when I have an apex. When I've created a bird, that's when I stop. So I don't need to make a radius at the end. Yes, I could. Absolutely. You're right, I could. But I'm just like, y'all are dipshits. Like, what are you talking about? So stupid, man. Ugh. So the only reason I made that video was so that I could have a cut and paste. And like yeah. every time somebody does that, I'm cut, boom. And if if beyond that, if that's not enough for you, and I get it. I get why people are confused. I was too. Like when I did the um when I did the first, I think the first TS prop video, the guy who owns Wicked Edge emailed me. And he's like, you know, can we, like, there's a misunderstanding about the angle changing, and it really doesn't. You know, the, the the belly of the blade will change it just slightly, just so slightly. But he was the one, oh, I forget his name. He was the one who told me, he said, think about the pitch of a roof and how that pitch, you know, if you take a, a, a two by four and you swing it back and forth on a roof of a house, you basically got the exact same thing it represents exactly what's going on with a fixed pivot knife sharpener. Oh, great. And see now if any of those people listen to this show, now it's going to be, Oh no, that don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. The, the roof analogy is just fake news from an industry insider. They want you to believe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh my God. Yeah. One comment I had yesterday was like, yeah, but the earth is flat though. <laughs> <laughs> like so i responded i said anyone stupid enough to believe that the earth is flat i don't i don't i said the argument that the earth is flat is not one that I, i'm interested in giving a rebuttal to or debating i said anyone who's that stupid simply can't be helped go on believing what you do <laughs> it's like man these are so dumb todd bunch of retards yeah i i it's, think you should 
and it just just hit me as we're talking about it. This would be so funny if you're going to do a small um, clip to you, a small short video to use as an example. It would be so funny for us people that understand it to do to those people who will never understand it because they're stupid to do is this started off with, look, you know, this has been part of my longer form videos. And I know, you know, people aren't going to go back and watch it. People rarely go back, you know, years old videos and watch. That's fine. And it was part of a knife sharpening review video. So that's even makes it less likely people to watch. So I'm going to do the short one to explain the theory and facts about this process. So, you know, you can watch it. All right, now here's what we're going to do. And you and you start like you're going to do a, a, a demonstration of the roof pitch thing, right? But then it mm-hmm. automatically cuts that you've rickrolled them and never going to give you up, starts playing. <laughs> That's right. And just rickroll That's these idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny, hey. Eh? That'd be funny. So, hey, you probably, I probably should do something like that. You know, people take YouTube too seriously, and it, it, they put too much into it, and it's just kind of like whatever, dude. And and there's way too much. And I know it's well intended, and good people mean well, even when they shouldn't, or when there's no, when there, it's not going to help anything because you're not going to explain. The people on the internet, anything that, you know, they're too stupid to understand anyway, or don't mm-hmm. want to understand, um, you know, like, like flat earthers and uh, these other folks about the knife sharpener. But, you know, it's not going to do any good, so stop trying. But good yeah. people on YouTube will not quit wasting their breath. In a way, I'm glad. You know, it still shows you're good people, but if they don't get it, they don't get it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Like, I I think I never really knew how, how stupid some people could be. And I know that, that the idiots on YouTube, they don't represent, you know, the majority of the population, but sometimes I wonder like, like how many people that we, we see walking on the streets every day that you see in the mall are as stupid as the people that leave comments on YouTube, like these stupid negative comments, like, man, just a special kind of stupid, you know? And that's even, and I also wonder too, like it's a uh, very mild topics. Okay. We're, we're like, <laughs> my channel's about physical objects knives tools could you imagine if you started the comments if you started talking about politics um you know matters of of thought oh i could just imagine how even more so the floodgates would blow open and you realize just how dumb society is like full-on retarded you know oh yeah that's crazy Um, and i I don't know if I'm going to say this or not. Well, I'm not going to say who, uh, because one, I don't want to give them any press whatsoever, but 
There's a person on YouTube, and they actually won an argument with YouTube. Huh. Um, YouTube has asked them, allegedly asked them, you know, hey, you're right. You know, you're using our own rule against us. Uh, um, we'll let it slide this time, right? But don't tell anybody. Right. What what happened? What had happened was um, they used comment generators to generate comments. And one of the things they did is they mentioned something in a video uh, that political in nature or could be construed as political in nature. And obviously that opened the floodgates. Mm-hmm. They said they had a hundred times more comments than they've ever had before. Hmm. And the more people that commented, the more dislikes they got, the more likes they got, the more views they got, the more shared, right? And it mm-hmm. pushed up their stats on that particular video. Well, then YouTube got mad because it was political in nature and started restricting the video. And they went back and said, you tell us creators to do stupid crap like this, to drive comments, to use comment mm-hmm. generators. So I did. And now you're going to hold it mm-hmm. against me? No, 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 no. And uh, eventually reinstated everything on the video. <laughs> and um, I just think, it, okay, good on you. You won, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. And what they said was really stupid. If you measure it against anything political, you could actually say, right? You know, mm-hmm. what they did was, hey, if you want a electric vehicle, that's up to you. Honestly, if you want an electric mm-hmm. vehicle, go buy an electric vehicle, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work for my lifestyle. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to drive more than a hundred miles. I want to be able to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He didn't say anything about, you know, lithium mining and he didn't say anything about anything. He just said, if you want Mm -hmm. it, you should be able to go buy it. If you don't want it, you shouldn't be forced to go buy it. Yeah. And then that just, all those other crazy nuts came out. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. That's crazy. You should only be able to buy electric. Why? Why should you only be allowed to buy something that doesn't really work yet? Yeah. You know, the trip we took to Montana, that would not have happened in electric vehicle. I didn't see a single Tesla on the road. Because <laughs> it's too cold. The, yeah. The dark, desolate stretch of highway, and it's like minus 25 degrees Celsius, and the wind's blowing. And yeah, there's no electric cars on the road. None whatsoever. Because there's not one that would have made it. Or... We would have had to, I don't even know if we could go from where I live to Lethbridge on a charge. Because like I said, minus 25 degrees, man, electric heat is very inefficient. Man, they got to burn a lot of puppies to create that much electricity to charge your car back up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I know uh, Tesla is suing uh, somebody. They're somehow involved in social media and electric cars. I don't know who it is. I know about the a little bit about the lawsuit. So I know what their real name is, which I wouldn't, you know, give here, but 
mm-hmm. in fact, I'd have to look it up again. But uh, anyway, they're, they go by a different name on YouTube um, or wherever it is that they do things, right? Well, they have mm-hmm. a Tesla, and it's brand spanking new. Brand new. Might have just come out, right? Um, might be something that people waited years and years on that Elon Musk promised years ago, but only got to it now. Um, and he lives someplace where it's incredibly cold, uh, right? You know, a week and a half, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't charge, literally would not accept a charge at below zero Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he did a review about it and Tesla had it removed and they're suing him and doing all this. And like, why can't, can't speak the truth. Well, in, in the, uh, in the complaint filed with the court, uh, it, nothing in there alleges that he said anything that wasn't true. Just what he said is hurting our business or could hurt our business. Maybe possibly. Really? Just that's crazy. Stop it. Yeah. That's nuts, hey? Yes. People are just that. If nothing else, people are nuts. Yeah. And if you expect people to be crazy, they will never ever disappoint you. That's right. (laughs) That's how to have faith in the human race. (laughs) Just expect everyone to be wackos. Oh yes. (gasps) They're they're right. But anyway. Right on. Well, I should probably get uh, get to work. I've got a couple things I got to do. So, a quick question: How did uh, did this the recording on my end to your ears? Did it sound all right? Perfect. Okay, cool. Because this was uh, like all just, of this has you. been a waste of money. All of this high end equipment we got—it's just been a waste <laughs> of money. I yeah. don't know why we did that. Well, at the t- at the time, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't I'm joking. It. So anyways, for those, I don't know if the listeners would ever notice the difference, but right now I'm doing this podcast on a, a little USB microphone. It's the uh, Rode NTG Plus or NTG One Plus. And then I'm just recording it into my iPad. And so I've wanted a mobile setup. No, the internet we had in Great Falls was really bad. Like it'd be great for a minute and then it wouldn't work. So I... I don't think in that hotel I could have done a podcast, but I'm thinking like, okay, if I've got this little, like I bring my iPad with me when I travel, carry the little microphone, there's no reason to skip podcasts. If And and even just the fact that now I don't have to bring my laptop from my office, because my laptop's basically a desktop. that I don't move it around, and the only time I ever move it is to bring it in here to the house to podcast. But now if I can just do this on my iPad, that is slick as a whistle. Don't have to have all this fancy stuff. Don't have to move this. Even even for my um, laptop, I need the dongle so I can plug a USB into it because this is when when Mac decided nobody needs a USB and uh, it's all USB-C. But um, no, I'm kind of actually stoked about this. Very clean, very efficient, very easy. And if it sounds all right, then cool. But... uh. Yeah, I don't know. 
these roadcasters are kind of cool. You know, the funny thing is like, I'll go to sneeze and I reach over to my roadcaster to hit the mute button. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to do a thing. So I learned that uh, control D on my iPad within the app that we use Squadcast, that's a, a mute button. So I don't know if you can see it when I mute myself yes. on your end. I see yeah. on your little screen that you muted. Now, yeah, that's because I'm like coughing oh. or I'm chugging, chugging some water. You see I never, it when I, never, I do it? I've never seen you do it before. I just muted. No, I didn't get that. No, I'll be nice. You're like an incognito muter. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Because I always did it on my roadcaster and obviously wouldn't see that, but. I guess if you hit it, this little mute button right here on Squadcast, it would show you. Yeah. Yeah, I oh, see yeah. that you're muted. There you go. I'll be yeah. Yeah, because when we use our squad, our, our, our roadcasters, yes, our big locally. fancy horn dinkus. Yeah, you can't you can't see that, but that's why you've been seeing it this episode, and you're probably wondering what the heck is Jeremy doing? Is muting himself? I mute myself all the time. Either I'm slurping coffee, I'm chugging water, or I'm sneezing, or I'm coughing. And uh, most people don't enjoy those sounds in their earballs. <laughs> well, and I hardly ever mute when I drink coffee. And here's why: a little coffee, one a of my coffee slurps, kind of nice. One of the most favorite radio shows I've ever listened to. And and they are and they were in no way, shape, fashion, or form family friendly. In fact, it was pretty awful people. But anyway, um, <laughs> one of the one of the stars of the show actually slurped their coffee on purpose. Because huh. at one point they had a uh, a listener who was also one of the bosses of the radio show of uh, the radio station who hated it, so they just do it. Oh, that's funny. Make it mad. Yeah, <clears throat> that's funny. Well, cool. I'm glad this uh, setup worked and is good to have a podcast. It's funny because, oops, sorry, I'm moving my microphone. Um, is like between shows, it's like when you miss a week, it's like, oh man, I got. I kind of start thinking about things. It's like, okay, gotta remember to tell Todd this. I gotta remember to let him know about that. Yesterday when I was going to buy the saw, I was gonna text you. And I was going to just ask, hey, Todd, do you think I should buy a track saw? <laughs> and I thought, I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is. And irregardless of what you say, my mind's been made up. So I was like, I'll just tell him on the podcast. No, I mean, had, had you texted me and said, hey, Todd, should I buy a track saw? I'm thinking about it. I'd be like, only if it's Milwaukee and cordless. Literally, that's, right. that's yep. what I would have said. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I, it's funny that you're going through this mobile uh, studio setup. I when we first started this podcast, I had a vision of having a setup like I have now, but also having one that, for the road. Mm -hmm. And I still have a vision for, and I've been this week uh, uh, doing some laptop shopping. Oh, okay. And I don't know if I'm gonna go Windows or Apple. I don't know yet, because there's a reason I'd like another good fast, powerful Windows laptop, but I don't know. I, you know, I don't yeah. know. But I want something like a, one of those old uh, aluminum briefcases or a pack-out unit kind of case. You open mm -hmm. it up, and that's a, iPod, uh, a podcasting setup. That'd be cool. You know, one thing I picked up, 
week or two ago is I got the the DJI the microphones and they're pretty pretty rad like I had the original Rode wireless microphones and the bad my batteries were starting to not last like four hours and they're dead and that's a pain because it takes a long time to charge so I picked up the DJI wireless microphones and you get two like uh transmitters and they'll both go into a run receiver and everything charges in the case so when you put it in there it starts charging it's kind of like an airpod case you know it holds its own battery charge in there oh man and the sound is so nice like that that's what i used for the um knife sharpener video and i really i really like the sound of it like it's just i don't know it sounds better. It's it's cleaner than the road one that I had or still have. But the thing with that is that it also each transmitter you can record. I don't know what it is like six hours of audio or twelve. I forget internal, and so you can do that as a backup track. So that if for some reason you're you know out of range of your camera, if you're too far away, you still have that audio track, and it records a second track that's like six or 12 decibels lower in case you get really high peaking. And then I kind of want to try setting that up to do a podcast with, because then you have a truly mobile studio. Like you have the receiver and I've I've plugged it in. So what I'm going to do, like when I do videos that I'm talking to the camera a little bit, and then if there's a little bit, that's going to be a voiceover, I'm actually going to use that DJI microphone for the voiceover. That way there's, consistent audio tone like the sound is consistent throughout the video and sometimes it, I find it jarring when somebody's talking to the camera and then they go to a process and then there's a little voiceover where they're explaining the process and then that microphone sounds so different you know and it's just like oh it, it's just weird it kind of it doesn't flow and there's a potential that you're taken out of the video from that and so um feeling like a truly mobile studio like that I think would be amazing Get yourself a little computer and then these little wireless microphones, man, they sound so good now. And they've got like a, a little wind filter, a little dead cat that actually clicks in and twists. And that way you, you're protected from plosives and wind noise. And oh, that's cool, man. And you could have two people like literally you could do a, an interview podcast on location with an iPad and like everything you could hold it in one hand, your entire setup pretty cool so that might be something to look at too oh yeah but i i don't know if that sound i don't know i really like the sound of this microphone i think it's pretty decent and it's not it wasn't too expensive so i bought this one from the shop for doing voiceovers and videos but maybe uh maybe my roadcaster will go out to the shop for voiceovers and videos who knows oh fun fun hey yeah. In about a month, probably we just have to give like a three three second voice sample, and we'll just put an input, make a podcast about a trip to Montana, uh, fun, visiting a, a Masonic lodge, and idiot commenters, and then AI will generate like this entire episode that you're listening to. We won't have to do anything, Todd. Be fantastic. <laughs> no, That'll I. Be another. I, I, the um the Saturday after our last episode, I listened to 
do about five minutes of an AI-generated podcast. Really? Yeah. Um, That's hilarious. Horrible. Oh, yeah. And it was what somebody had done. They're a podcaster, and they went to, you know, what whichever uh, chat bot they, they used for this, right? And they said, I want an audio podcast using, and they uploaded a sample of their voice, right? Mm-hmm. I want it to sound as much like me as you can, and I want the subject matter to be this, and I want it to last this long. So it was five minutes, mm-hmm. and it was a AI generated podcast about AI generated podcast. Oh wow! Right? And it was unlistenable. I don't know That's what crazy. language it was supposed to be in. Oh wow! You know, they were all English words, but I'm like. And then there was almost no pause and function wasting. I'm like, really? Oh, wow. So it still has a ways to go, hey? Well, that was just that one. And I've also heard some, uh, a lot of these, like, YouTube channels that are foreign and that are all voiceover or they're, like, telling you about a book or a movie, that voice in it is AI-generated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all it sound stupid like that. Ah, gotcha. Well, that's good. We won't be replaced on this podcast in the immediate future anyways. Well, I I don't know. You know, uh, chat GBT might listen to an episode of ours and go, I ain't doing that. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'm better than that. I can handle the truth. (laughs) It's funny. Right on. Well, uh, we are just almost kicking at an hour and a half, so that's a good episode, Todd. Appreciate your time, and uh, thanks to all our listeners, and uh, I guess we'll see you next time. And Todd, you have a great weekend. I'm a, and Roger, I'm going to unplug your life support.